And welcome back to another episode of A Conversation with Jenna. If this is your first time here, hey, I'm Jenna, and I'm so glad that you're joining me here today. A little disclaimer that you will hear in every episode is this. What I'm about to share with you are my personal thoughts, opinions, and experiences. I am not an expert, nor will everything that I say be factual. Please do your own research and think for yourself. As always, my hope is that my life experiences can help you in your life. So sit back and soak in the goodness. Let's jam. Well, as you can see from the title of this episode, I do have some really fun and exciting news to share. And it's interesting because I've been keeping this a secret. There's not a lot of people that know Um, what I'm doing and a lot of that has to do with um, because I don't care what your opinion is (laughs) and I feel like I don't know if it's as I'm getting older but my best friend Trish she always goes you know I don't really share what I'm going through with a lot of people because I just don't care about what they say or think and I don't want their opinion so I'd rather tell them after the fact and just as I'm like especially with um, fertility and with me freezing my eggs people are going to have opinions about that. And honestly, like a lot of the opinions that I've heard are like, you don't need to do it. Um, You know, it's really expensive. Watch, you're going to do this. And then five months later, you're going to meet your husband. And, you know, it's just like, it has been kind of a lot of negative talk. And once I kind of realized that, I was just like, you know what? This is my decision. This is what I'm going to do. It's my body, my choice. So, but I will have to say, like, I'm thankful for Trish. She's been there to support me. My mom has been there to support me. And um, yeah, so as I just said, um, I have decided to become a mom. And as you guys know, I'm 35 and single. And I've decided that I'm going to become a mom by myself. And it's funny because my sister-in-law asked me, she goes, okay, so what if you do this and then um, you've made your decision, this is what you want to do, and then you meet someone? And I was like, and? (laughs) Like, what is your point? I said, well, they're just going to have to get on board with this or they're just not going to be the one because I'm not willing to put my life on hold any longer for a husband. I have done that. I have done that, I feel like, because that's what the world has taught me, right? The world has taught me that, you know, you grow up, you get married, and you have a family. And I think five years ago, like when I was 30, I I do feel like that would have been too young because I didn't know what the next five years was going to hold. I didn't know that I was still going to be single at 35. So I don't have any regrets waiting until the age of 35 to freeze my eggs. But there is some anxiety that goes along with that, like, my eggs are dying. They're not going to be as healthy. You know, as women, we have a clock. And it's funny because some of the guys that I've talked to, they they realize that women have a clock, but they don't actually know the importance or the intensity or the anxiety that comes along with us having a clock. You know, men, they, they uh, generate sperm every 75 to 90 days. They get new sperm. Women, we're born with our eggs and we don't get new eggs. They just die you know, once we start our period, they start dying off every time. 
So yeah, I've decided to freeze my eggs. That's the first step that I'm doing. And I'm currently in the IVF process, but I'm going to talk about all of that in another episode. This is just going to be like my thoughts of why I've decided to do this. And, you know, I sat on this for a long time. So when I turned 34, I woke up on my 34th birthday with just so much anxiety. Like, holy cow, I'm getting older. I'm single. My eggs are dying, all these things. And I had kind of said to myself, okay, if I don't find someone within the next year, because, you know, last year I like went on the search for a husband and I was unsuccessful and it was such a nightmare. Like, I don't think as of right now, I'm not interested in dating again. I'm not interested in going back onto the apps. I'm not interested if it happens in the wild. Okay. Like I might be open to it, but I'm not, I'm not open to the douchebags that I have found online. And the thing is, is like the same douchebags are on one app or on all of the apps. The same people are on there. So it's like, I'm not, don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, you're not losing out on your chances if you're only on one app because we're all on, they're all on the same apps, you know, but I, I just, after the emotional drama that I experienced from online dating, I can't, I can't do it again. It's just not worth it. Like the amount of effort that I was putting in, there's zero reward. So it's just not worth it. Like I'll just be single forever and that'll be fine. I'm happy. I'm content. I'm excited that I'm moving forward with this fertility journey. So yeah, so I woke up on my 34th birthday and I was just like, okay, what am I going to do? So I told myself like, I'm going to give it a year of dating. And then if I don't find anybody, I'm going to highly consider freezing my eggs. So the year went by, I turned 35 and I didn't meet anybody. And I was like, okay, so this is happening. And it's a scary thing. It's a scary decision to make. It's very expensive. Um, I think I'm going to be very honest with you. I think the fertility industry is such a scam because of how expensive it is. And um, I had a little bit of an issue with the clinic that I use that I'll share a little bit more in the next episode. But I just feel like, you know, I'm not desperate to have a child. I'm not infertile. They've checked my levels. My egg storage is great. My levels are high. And in, and in five years, like when I'm more financially ready, because I'm going to be the sole provider of myself and my child and I want to have a house and I, so that's why I'm not doing like the implantation. And this is like kind of a side thing, but if I would have known at 25 that at 35, I was still going to be single. And at 35, I would be, um, going on this journey of freezing my eggs and becoming a single mom. Like I probably would have done things so differently, but I just thought I would have a husband and either he would be the provider or we would just have two incomes, right? Like I never thought I would be in a one, like a single income family and just a single person. And so because of that, I went in and out of careers. I, you know what I mean? I left the procurement industry, went back to the salon. Now I'm back in procurement and I have a really great job with amazing benefits and I'm really thankful for where I'm at. And I'm just going to keep growing and fighting and making my way up um, till I meet a certain financial goal that I want and I'll buy a house and then like I'll start the process of the implantation. But I don't know. I just feel like you never know what's going to happen and this is not what I was expecting to happen. And it's taken me a long time to be okay with it. It's been taking, it's taken me a long time. I mean, so my birthday is in October. So I turned 35 in October. And then I was like, and throughout the year of last year, I had been like saving money 
just like, okay, in case this happens, like I want to be able to either pay all of it in cash or pay most of it in cash up front, right? And um, so at came 35 and I was like, okay, so like now I need to seriously start thinking about this. And then I, I reached out to a friend who um, went through a fertil- fertility journey and I just asked what is um, the name of the doctor and all that. Okay, I'm, I'm skipping ahead. I, I, I'll talk about all of that in another episode because there, it's just been a lot. But let me get back after that small rant. Um, yeah, I've decided to freeze my eggs and I've decided to do it on my own. And at first I was scared. I was so terrified. Like, how am I going to be the sole provider and the single parent? And you know, single parents are everywhere all the time. Um, but this is like by my choice, right? I'm actually choosing this. And, um, you know, it was a really hard decision to make. I'm not going to lie. It's super scary. And like the thought of me being pregnant also terrifies me. And, um, you know, I don't know if I'm actually going to carry my child or if I'm going to use a surrogate, but let me just tell you, surrogacy is very expensive. I was looking it up online and they said it's between 150,000 to $200,000. And, and back to me thinking that the fertility industry is a straight scam. That's why. And I'm just thinking like you want, I, I, I'm just like, Why? Like, why does it have to be that expensive? I understand that a woman is using her body, but it's not because she's being forced to use her body to carry my baby. It's because she wants to carry the baby. And I understand like paying for her medical. I understand all of that. And there's lawyers that have to get involved. And then the like agency that you use probably takes a fee. But, you know, I'm looking at all of these like young couples who have struggled with infertility right and now they're they're going on this journey and maybe she can't carry and so they use a surrogate and I'm just thinking how do these couples young couples afford this how does even an old couple afford this like how is this affordable when you just want to have a child which is something that should be happening so naturally and in my circumstances because I don't have infertility I think about holy cow that's a lot of money for me to have a child are you sure Jenna that this is what you want And, you know, my brother says, Jenna, it's just money, but it's not just money. Like the way that I view money is not just money. Like I've held money up as an idol in my life because I really try to be debt free and I try to be conscious about where I'm spending my money. And I use the Dave Ramsey method of like every dollar where at the end of the month I have zero dollars in my bank account because I I have put every dollar down to the penny into a specific area because I work very hard for my money. So I want to know where my money is going right? Like I just don't frivolously spend money on random things that I don't need. And so for, and then I just think about, well, if I'm going to be carrying the mortgage on my, on my own, and then I have to carry $200,000 on top of that just to have a child, like I feel like I would drown. And I also want to go on vacation and I want to be able to provide a good life for this child. So those are all things that I had to consider when making this decision. You know, another thing that, um, I think I completely got off track and I'm sorry, I have no notes. I'm just doing this freestyle. But um, another thing that I really had to consider was like my age. Okay, so I'm 35. You know, I'm getting older, even though I don't feel that old. But anyways, and, you know, 
another thing I had to process through was the fact that like, say if, say I don't, my child is not here until I'm 40. And I just feel like, I honestly feel like I'm already like midlife at 35, which is like really scary and really sad to think about because I, there's so many more things that I want to do with my life that I haven't done yet. And so, you know, people are dying in their early seventies. I don't know how long I'm going to live. And it, I'm not as sad about it now. Not that I won't be sad about it again, but before I had firmly decided that I was going to freeze my eggs, I was so worried about the time that I would have with my child. And I was thinking, okay, well, if I don't have my child until I'm 40, she, she or he is going to be without a, a mom when they're 40, right? Because if, if I live to 80, I might be lucky, you know, may, I, I don't know how long I'm going to live. And I just thought, is that fair to them? Is that fair to them that they could lose their mom between the ages of 35 and 45, let's just say? Because they're at that point midlife. So they're going to be spending like half of their life without their parent. And since they're just going to have one parent, me, and most likely I will only have one child. And and like they're not going to have any family. And yes, we have my brother and we have I have my two nephews and my sister-in-law. And I will make sure that my child is considered their family. Because just thinking about the fact that like if I die, they're not going to have anybody. And so like I need to make sure that the cousins, my child and my nephews are like BFFs. I need to make sure that they know that they are to take care of each other. That if anybody needs anything, like they are to be there for them because like family is what we have. You know, I have a a handful of friends, but like if it wasn't for my brother, my sister-in-law, my nephews and my mom, like I would have nothing. And I'm really thankful for my brother because our relationship has improved over the years. And now that we're older, it's just like, it's amazing. Like, I'm really, really thankful. And so, you know, if I can, if I can afford to give my child a sibling, like maybe I will, but then I think, okay, so then I'll be 42. So they're going to have even less time with their mom. And that's something that I really had to think about. And, you know, when I hear like people like Robert De Niro, how old is he? Like 90. And I hear how he just had a child. I'm thinking, that child is going to lose its dad at the age of seven, probably, or eight or 10. And then they're going to go their entire life without their dad because he made a choice to have a child at his old age. And I just kind of think like that's selfish. I don't know. In my mind, I really had to fight with those feelings and I really had to fight with that mentality because you know, I feel really bad. And who's to say, like, maybe my child will find a spouse and they will have their own family by that time. So then they will have more family, right? But, or they could end up like me and just be 35 and single and be just them forever. So I don't know. I just, uh, I really want, I, I just have decided that I'm going to do it and it is worth it. And even if we only have 30 years together, then we're going to have 30 years together. And I also like, I'm making this podcast, obviously it's my personal journal, but if my child ever listens to this, like I want them to know that you are wanted and that you are loved and that I am doing whatever it takes to make sure that I can get you here and that I can provide a great life for you. Like you weren't an accident you were thought of, well thought of, you were well planned for, and you are wanted and you are loved so much. And we might not have 
50 years together, but the years that we do have together, like, I'm going to try to make them great because you're loved and you're wanted. Like, please know that. And it's just, um, it's just crazy to think about. And, you know, I also had to think about, like, since I am going to be the sole provider, am I going to carry my child? And before I found out how expensive surrogacy was, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to use a surrogate because A, I have to provide. So like, what if I'm pregnant and then I have to go on bed rest and then I can't work? Like, who's going to pay the bills? Then I also thought like, what if I have horrendous morning sickness? Like, who's going to take care of me? You know, like... Who's going to be there for me? And, you know, my friends are always, my friends are like, well, we're going to be there to help you. Don't worry. And my brother was like, we're going to be there to help you. Don't worry. And my mom says the same thing. But it's like, yeah, but I can't rely on you guys. Like, I want to be independent and I want to be able to do this. You know, like when my mom dies, she's not going to be here. What if something happens to my brother or my friends, right? Like, I need to know that I can provide and take care of my child. And so that was also another struggle that I really struggled with. And another thing I thought was in like, who's going to be there with me in the delivery room cheering me on? That's the husband's job. Who's going to take care of me in postpartum? That's the husband's job, right? Like I was thinking, holy cow, if I deliver this baby and then I go home to just me and the baby, I'm going to have to take care of myself and this baby. Like I'm going to be going through postpartum. What if I get postpartum depression? Like who again, who's going to be there to take care of me? Because I'm going to have to take care of my child. And that's why I do feel like a surrogate would be a better option for me. I just don't know if I'm going to be able to afford it. And like, that's the thing that irritates me the most about this industry is like, because of money, it could potentially stop me from having a child. But I will make it work in whatever way is possible because I do want to have a child. Like, you are wanted and you will be loved and you will be cared for and cherished and supported. But it's just wild to think that just because I'm single, it's so much harder for me when this is something that like people do all the time. And so I just don't know. I don't know how I'm going to make it work. I don't know what finances are going to look like. And obviously that's my biggest concern, as you can tell. Um, I just... Yeah, like who's going to be there to take care of me when I have to take care of the baby? That's something else that I've really had to think about. But you know what? We'll make it work. I also just want to give a little bit of encouragement for anybody out there listening who might be considering egg freezing or who is in the same situation as me. Like reach out to me. Um, I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear your story. If you need some encouragement or need someone to listen to or just need a community, like I'm always here for you and you have my email address. So, you know, I don't think that you should be walking through this alone and I'm going through it right now. And I'm currently, like I said, I'm in my IVF um, stage right now. So I'm on day five of giving myself the shots and I will explain all of that to you. And I just had a doctor's appointment today and they did the ultrasound and the blood work and I feel like just a little bit discouraged, but it's because... (laughs) I'm never going to tell you how many eggs I have because that's just going to make someone really discouraged, right? Like I was listening to this podcast yesterday and one of the hosts of the podcast is also going through this egg freezing journey. And she was telling me that she has 20 eggs, 10 in each ovary, and she's older than me too. 
And I was like, holy cow. I was like, if she can have 20 eggs, I can have 20 eggs. And then I go to my ultrasound today and I do not have 20 eggs. I will just say it's much less. I'm not going to tell you how much though, because here's the thing. We start to go into comparison, right? Well, she has 20 and I only have blank. And we can't compare ourselves because everybody is different and everybody is going to be different. And who knows, like I've done five days worth of shots, but as the doctor said, like I'm just in the beginning of my cycle. He was able to measure a certain amount of eggs that have grown big, but there are still other smaller follicles in there. I mean, I still have like four days worth of shots um, and I could even go longer than the 10 days, right? The the girl, Ashley, who I was listening to on the podcast, she's been on her shots for 16 days, 16. And I was just like, holy cow, but she has 20 eggs. Now our are they all big? I have no idea. She didn't say. I'm kind of assuming that they're not because she's still going with her shots, meaning that they're just not ready yet. But I know that there are still some follicles in one of my ovaries and my right ovary has less than my left um, that are tiny, that they just haven't like grown yet. And you know, my doctor, he is so blunt and straightforward. He goes, yeah, you're probably not going to get a lot. And I was like, oh my gosh, because I will tell you this, when I went in for my very first blood work and ultrasound before I started any of the shots, before I like really started, I had 13 total eggs. I had six in the left, I think, and seven in the right. And my doctor was telling me that if you can at least get 10, you have a 63% chance of having a successful pregnancy. And I first said to him, "Uh, that's really low. And he goes, actually, it's not. He's like, it's really high. And I was like, okay, but I feel like the number you always hear when it comes to egg freezing is 20, 20, 20, 20, because you know, well, I don't know if you know this, but since I am not creating embryos and then freezing my eggs, I'm just going to be freezing my eggs. And then I've decided when it's time for me to do the implantation is when I'm going to go choose a sperm donor. I just, I honestly didn't think about like creating embryos and choosing a sperm donor right now until I like already started the process. And it's probably too late because we're going to be doing the retrieval next week for my eggs. And so, um, I don't know about the sperm donor process. I don't know what that looks like. I haven't done any research or anything, but I just kind of decided, you know what? I just want to freeze my eggs as just eggs. And then when I'm ready to do the, the implantation is when I will go and find a sperm donor because I said, what if I changed my mind? (laughs) Like, what if I don't do an implantation for five years, but I've already chose a sperm. I've already created embryos. And what if I'm like, oh, I don't really like that guy. You know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, So I was like, you know what? I'd rather just wait and choose a man like when I'm ready to create the embryos and do the implantation. And, you know, I was also thinking about when I'm choosing a sperm donor, like obviously I'm going to choose who I would look for in a husband. Right. And I'm assuming I can choose hair color, eye color, skin color. I don't know if it gets into all the detail of like his family history, like diabetes, heart attacks, high cholesterol, whatever, even like what their education level is like, things like that. I mean, but it's just funny because it's like, yeah, obviously I'm going to choose a sperm donor that's closest to who I would want my husband to be. So it's just funny, but um, I really hope that my child looks like me too, because it's me and it's gonna be my child. And like, what if they look like the sperm donor? That's something else that I've had to like kind of work through because I want them to look like me, you know, because I don't know who this other man is. And 
you know, and I also think it would be so awesome if I just met someone and we were just like really great friends and I could just use his sperm because I would love for my child to have their father in their life or to have like some kind of father figure in their life. And so like that would also be ideal. But currently I don't know anybody like that, but I have some time. Maybe I'll meet someone who it's like, you know, maybe that happens Um, because I think it could be, I think it would be awesome if they could have two parents, but right now that's not a possibility. And, you know, like I was saying, even if like my sister-in-law was saying, like, even if I did meet someone, I'm still going to have a baby like in the timeline that I want to have a baby because I've waited for this for so long and I'm just done waiting now right? It's time for me to take control of this area of my life. I can't continue to wait. And I think that that's the advice that I would give is like, stop waiting and start living. And I did like a really short podcast about this, but I just feel like don't wait because what if they don't come and then it's too late. And another, oh yes. And another thing I was listening to another podcast and someone had said that, uh, Jennifer Anderson is on record saying that she regrets not freezing her eggs because she just thought it was going to happen. You know, after Brad Pitt, she thought that she was going to find someone, she was going to marry them, and she was going to have babies. And now she's like in her 50s, and it's too late for her. And she's like, you know, I really regret that. And now it's too late. And as soon as I heard that, I got so freaking emotional. And I was like, Jenna, you have to do this. It's okay. Spend the money. You're going to have your eggs. It's like an insurance policy, right? It's like, I have these just in case I need them. Because I do not want to be like Jennifer Aniston. And when I'm 50, looking back, thinking like, holy cow, like he never came. I never, I'm still not married. You know, I don't have a lover, no one like, but I want to have a child. I I just did not want to put myself in that situation at all. And so that's another um, reason why I did it. And um, yeah, I just, I'm excited about the process. I hope that I do create more eggs so they can retract and retrieve more eggs than, I mean, I'm just hoping for 10. That's what I'm hoping for. But again, I'm not going to tell you because I don't want us to compare ourselves and compare each other because that's just going to put us in such a dark place, especially how I felt today when I saw how many eggs were in me. And then I compare myself to Ashley having 20 and I was like, Jenna, you can't do that. You cannot do that. Like your body is your body. And guess what? If I need to do another retrieval next year because I didn't get enough, great. I can do it. Like at least I've done the process. I know what it's like. I know about how much it costs. I can start to save up for it again. Um, yeah. So now the world knows my little secret that I'm freezing my eggs and I'm planning on becoming a mom. And you know, like another thing I was thinking about is if I do end up carrying my child, people are going to ask so many questions. And then I'm going to have to explain to everybody the situation. And it's like, I would rather not do that. I'd rather just someone else carry the baby. And then one day I just show up with my baby. <laughs> because then it's like, it's already said and done. And there, it's just, you have to accept it as it is, right? I tell you it is. Now they're here. Here we go. You know? So, and oh, another thing I was, I was wanting to talk about too with this surrogacy is there's like, Okay, it's not, there's like this really conservative Christian girl that you see on like 
so I don't have TikTok, but I have YouTube and there's like the YouTube shorts. And she just, I feel like she just like talks crap about everybody who's not like her, which is like really sad that she thinks that she's better than everybody else and that she's right and everybody else is wrong. But I was Christian at one time. So I did think that way. So, you know, I get it, but it's just not right. But anyways, like she was saying that surrogacy should be illegal, that it should be illegal for someone else to carry your child. And I thought, F you, F you, F you. Try to say that again and look at someone in the eyes who's freaking infertile, but who desperately wants a freaking child and they can't carry their own child and tell them surrogacy is illegal. You can't do that. Seriously, do that and see how, see what reaction you're going to get. I just, when she said that and she went on this whole thing because there was like these gay guys who use a surrogate and I think they had twins and something like, can you believe that these people were allowed to have children? And it wasn't because they were gay. It was because one of them did or said something like inappropriate or something. I don't really know the story, but it, it goes something like that. And she was like, this is why surrogacy should be illegal because people like this should not be allowed to have children. And I'm just like, wow, so arrogant, so nasty for her to say. And like, try again, try to look someone in the eyes and tell them that and tell them that they're not good enough to carry their own child because that's exactly what they're going to hear and tell them that they don't deserve to have a child because, again, that's exactly what they're going to hear because you think that surrogacy should be illegal. I was so freaking pissed. Do you know another thing? Have you guys heard of eugenics? So along with the, um, so part of like the egg freezing is once I'm ready to create embryos, we'll get the sperm. We have to inject it into the egg because my eggs will be frozen first. They will be, they will have a hard shell around them where if they were like fresh eggs, they could just put the sperm in the Petri dish with the egg and the sperm would like swim up and be able to like enter the egg on its own. But if, but because it has a hard shell, you have to inject it, which is an extra cost. Everybody, just so you know. There's a lot of extra costs that are kind of sneaky. Okay, make sure you get a full rundown when you go to your fertility clinic. But I'll, again, I'll talk all about that in the next episode when I talk about like the actual IVF journey. Um, but so, okay, so once you create the embryos, you get to you can do genetic testing on the embryos, so you can just you can test whether they have Down syndrome. I don't know what else you can test for. Like you can't test for autism, but you can definitely test for Down syndrome. Okay. And then you can also test for gender. And, you know, for the longest time I was like, oh my gosh, like I really want a daughter. How cool that I'll be able to like pick. Okay. I want the girl. Right. But that's if I even create girls, if the sperm that I use in my eggs even create girls. Right. Like what if I just get a whole football team and I only have boys? Okay. Then I'm just going to have the boy. Right. Well, one, I was watching like another little video on YouTube and someone was saying like one, they were basically, they went to a woman who she froze her eggs, used sperm to create embryos. They did the genetic testing. You can also determine whether the eggs are like good or bad too in those testings. So she did all the testing over here in one pile were the bad eggs over here in two pile and in another pile were the good eggs. And then you just like dispose of the bad eggs, right? And you only use the good eggs. And they were like, that's eugenics. That's not natural. That's not how God intended it. That's not how it's supposed to be. And I'm just thinking again, 
Try telling that to someone who's literally infertile. Look into their freaking eyes and tell them that. No, I actually think it's kind of cool and kind of a blessing that I potentially have the opportunity to choose what gender I want. I can choose an egg whether I want it to have Down syndrome or not. Like I can choose whether I have a healthy egg or a non-healthy egg. And you're telling me that that basically you're just freaking jealous because maybe you've had five miscarriages and maybe I won't have any because I had to go through this process. But I also think don't be jealous of me because I have to go through this process, right? It's very expensive and it's very emotionally draining. But do you get what I'm saying? Like for these people to come out and say, well, that's eugenics and that's bad. No, I actually think eugenics is good and I think it's kind of cool, right? Like they're just saying, well, it's not natural. It's not natural selection and it's not how God intended it. And I'm just like, friend, you don't even know what you're talking about. I can't, I just can't like, I definitely fight for women's rights. I definitely fight for it's our body, our choice. So if you believe that that's wrong, then don't do it. But don't be telling other people that it's wrong because it's not. It's our choice. It's our bodies. We're going to choose to do what we want to do with them. So just shut up. Like, oh, it aggravates me. It really aggravates me. Like, no, I want to create a, a community and cultivate a community of positive positivity and of inclusion where everybody everybody is invited and that girl that I was listening to Ashley the one who's the host of the podcast like it's a lesbian podcast there's three girls and they're all lesbian and so Ashley is freezing her eggs and then I'm assuming she's going to combine them with her partner's eggs so they can have a baby like that's why she's freezing her eggs because they're also going to have to use a sperm donor and it's like good for them if they want a baby let them have a child like It's just so annoying. I was starting to talk about this a little bit and then I got off track. But um, I feel like when you do research of egg freezing, the number is always 20. Like when they're giving an example of the um, likelihood of egg survival after they've been frozen. Because once you thaw them out, some of the eggs will most likely die. And then, okay, so they use the graph of like you start with 20 eggs, they're frozen. You unthaw them, three died. So now you have 17. Then you create embryos with them and say from there, and then you test them. Say some of them have genetic like defects or some of them are, are unhealthy. So then you have 12. And then da-da-da-da. Like it just, just because I'm you start with 20, like if you have 20 eggs, there's they said that my doctor told me if you can get 20 eggs, you have a 100% chance of having a child. That's what he said. And with the 10, you have a 63% chance. So, or he said maybe with 20, he's like, you have a 99.9% chance, right, of having a child with 20 eggs because they die in the process. Some of them are not going to live through the egg freezing. Again, some of them could have genetic de- deficiencies. Um, some of them could also just be unhealthy eggs. So obviously the more eggs that you can have to start with, like the higher chance you have of having a child. But I feel like every time you do research, it starts with 20 and then it goes to like 17 and then it like goes to 12. And then at the end, you could end up with seven healthy eggs that are ready to go, that are ready to be implanted when you started with 20, but you only can work with seven. So, and I just think, so when I got my blood work back, my doctor was telling me that I'm completely healthy. I do not have fertility issues. My levels are very high. I don't remember the... He used, he used like an acronym for this one, like, I don't know if it's a hormone that they tested, but he's like, usually we like for the patients to be at like a 1.2 and you are at a 2.6. 
He goes, your egg, egg storage is healthy. Your eggs are healthy. You're healthy. Like this shouldn't be a problem. But then when I went to the ultrasound today and there was only like a small number of eggs in my sack, I was like, great. It just seems like I probably would have a, a more successful chance of getting pregnant, like through sex than through, uh, the fertility treatments. Um, so it's just funny, but I'm happy to know that I'm not infertile. I'm happy to know that, you know, I'm doing that this just for an insurance. It's basically like a luxury that I get to do this. And I'm really, really thankful for that. And one other, one last thing that I wanted to say is I've recently been watching Hamilton, the musical, and I've been listening to the music and, um, the Schuyler sisters are part of the Hamilton story. So Alexander Hamilton married one of the sisters, married the middle sister. And they have a song. The Schuyler sisters have a song in Hamilton. And they, one of the lyrics in the, is the, in the song says, how lucky we are to be alive right now. And I just feel that so deep in my soul that as a woman, I am able to determine the outcome of my life without the help of a man as in a husband. Yes, I know I'm going to need a sperm to create a child, right? So I am going to need a man in that way. But the fact that I'm going to be able to be a homeowner on my own, the fact that I'm able to going to have a child on my own, the fact that I can be a provider on my own, the fact that I have these rights as a woman where just a few years ago, women couldn't even vote. And think about that. The Schuyler sisters and Alexander Alexander Hamilton was in like 1776. And these women had to survive to get married. Like the, they had to get married to survive. I've also been listening to the Six um, soundtrack, Six the Musical, which is about King Henry's six wives. And Catherine is the final wife. She's the one that survives. She says in in the in one of her songs, she says, um, you know, I've been married twice already just to survive. And I was like, holy cow, the fact that I can be an independent woman in 2024, like women have come such a long way and I'm so proud of us. And we have so much more, like such a longer way to go. But I'm like really thankful for people like Taylor Swift who fight for women and for fight for our rights. And I'm really and, you know, like just looking at our history of women and where we've come and where we're at, like what a time that I am alive right now. I mean, I don't know how long egg freezing has been like available and I don't know how long these infertility treatments have been available. But just think if I was born in another decade. I, maybe I wouldn't have this opportunity. Or maybe if I was born in another decade, I would have had to settle and marry a freaking a-hole and been freaking miserable my entire life. But because I don't need a man to survive, I don't have to be miserable in a, re- in a marriage, right? Like I can choose to be happy and I can choose to maybe find someone who will make me happy instead of settling, You know, all of these things and like all of these hardships that women have had to overcome is just freaking incredible, man. um, Yeah, I'm just thankful that I was listening to those songs of Hamilton and what a time to be alive right now. Like what a time to be alive. And I'm so lucky that I get these get to have this experience and this opportunity and get to freeze my eggs and to potentially have a child and doing it on my own. Like who would have thought that women would have come this far? I'm proud of us. Go women. 
Um, before I wrap this episode up, there is one last thing I want to say. The reason why I was so hesitant to freeze my eggs and the reason why I was so scared is because I felt that I was letting go of a dream, right? The dream of getting married and having a family with my husband. And that was so hard for me to let go. It was so hard for me to lay that down. And it it has taken a lot of work for me to get at this place now of peace and saying, you know what, if I'm doing this alone, great, let's do it. So that was like probably the biggest mental struggle that I had to go through before starting this process and even during this process, right? Um, like today I'm doing fine, but tomorrow I, I haven't really like uh, been depressed about it in a long t- like in a while about doing this on my own now because I feel like I've just come to terms with it. And it also helped that I had a really bad experience with online dating, you know, last year. But that was the biggest challenge and the big old me- biggest mental block that I had to overcome because I felt like, well, I've had this dream my entire life. I've always wanted to be a wife. Always. Like, I even wanted to be a wife over a mom, you know, because I think I would probably be okay if I didn't have children, but I see my nephews and I'm just like, I want that. You know, I get to help babysit my youngest nephew once a week. And I'm just like, you are a dream. Not that he doesn't have tantrums. Not he's too like, not that he isn't difficult, but like, I can't imagine my life without my nephews and I love them so much. And I just think, imagine how much I'm going to love my own child. Like I want to be, I want to have them one of, you know, a boy, a girl, whatever. Like I want it, but I would probably be fine if I didn't, but was me laying down this dream that I held on to so tightly that I was going to have a husband and, and, you know, my life was going to look like everybody else's. But let me tell you, if I could have a memoir of my life, the title would be something like the load, the road less traveled because my life does not look the way that I thought it would and my life does not look like everybody else's life which that doesn't really make me different or like special because I think everybody probably thinks that about their life um but yeah so I think that's all I have to say um I hope you guys enjoyed it I hope it was encouraging or helpful in some way or another and like I said reach out to me with your fertility story I would love to hear from you Well, that's all I have for you on this episode of A Conversation with Jenna. But remember, the conversation doesn't have to end here. If you have thoughts and opinions on my thoughts and opinions, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at aconversationwithjenna at gmail.com. I can't promise that I will respond to every email, but I would love to hear from you. Also, please rate and review and subscribe on whatever platform you listen on. I would greatly appreciate it. Don't let the things you want make you forget the things you have. Thank you so much for listening. And I can't wait to talk with you next time. Bye.